Chad Prather rose to internet fandom as the man who's unapologetically Southern. Keith Oaks is a published author who failed his way to success. Together, they tackle today's headlines in a way only a Southern Spitfire and a millennial mogul can. Take off your sport coat, grab a beer, and enjoy the conversation. This is Second Shot with Chad Prather and Heath Oaks. I am trying to be healthy. It is a hard, hard thing to do. When I walked in the door, Heath Oaks gave me the best compliment ever. He said, you're still losing weight. And I hate it because I now now I feel like I have to start trying to lose weight. You look good though. I mean, especially for a new dad. You you. I mean, you're not. You don't need to anyway. I was carrying like 20 extra pounds that really needed to go away. But I just saw a video of myself on stage from last weekend's show, and I still am like, I'm not TV skinny. <laughs> you know, TV skinny. You look good on camera, but you look like crap in real life. Yeah. <laughs> you look like you've you've had you know a bad disease for four months, and and it's just taking its toll. And just so everybody knows, we're, we're not a weight loss um, <laughs> podcast. However, if you got a weight loss company, we'd love to have you as an advertiser. You know, you can yeah, always be a sponsor, sure. right? But uh, welcome to Second Shot. It's been a little bit. We've had a, it's been back in the studios, kind of nice. We've both been on has, the road a lot. It has been nice. But, you know, I've gotten several messages this week of people saying, we're so glad that you and Heath are back together in the studio. You know, we've, the last couple of weeks we've been back together and, um, reunited and it feels so good. <laughs> and uh, I said, "Have you listened to all the episodes? Because we've released, released a few, you yeah. know, back." So they're like, "Oh no, we got great things to look forward to." So they've been doing that. But we appreciate you guys listening to Second Shot. We're having fun with it, and we're starting to do some YouTube live videos on that. Yep. So I'm going to not pick my nose. I mean, unless you really get to a point where you got to dig in. Yeah, you know, well, if you I get to a point it. where you can't I breathe. Do. <sighs> so much going on in the well, world today. And just so everybody knows that are new listeners to the show understand what we do is we take headlines and we don't really get into the headline themselves. We we use the headline for um, ideas of ways of things and issues that everybody deals with from business to personal life and how we can help spin it of of what we've been through to try to maybe help give some <coughs> advice to make things better. And um, you can always send us questions on the third segment, secondshotcast at gmail.com as well. And we got in the studio today, and Zach had the uh, first headline kind of pulled up for us that I was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, for once, I actually had a winner. I don't believe it. Uh, <laughs> this is a good one, too. A little dark, yeah. Uh, nuclear anxiety grows in North Korea standoff. Well. It's something. Fortunately, nobody over there is tall enough to push the button. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right out of the gate. Yeah, yes. Let's just what, 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 what about that headline was, was what question you had? Right. Well, here's what it is. We're, we're kind of in, in, in a strange place with North Korea. That's what people are talking about in, in the news, uh, real or fake. And, and what, what's, what gets me is it seems like a problem that's inevitable. It's something that people have talked about since I was a kid. I mean, it, this whole North Korea thing, it's far away and it's, it's not a big problem. But it seems to be looming more in recent days. And I, I guess the question is, is what do you, how do you handle a problem when it doesn't seem like there may be any right answers? How do you pick the best of possibly a bad bunch? <laughs> and isn't that something you can relate Meanie. business, personal, everything, Miney. right? Miney, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. do, do you have any, I mean, because obviously not only with business, but in personal, this, these things come up. I mean, people, you know, we always talk about hitting that um, that figuratively speaking fork in the road. Yeah. You know, and, and when do you, how do you know when you are at that fork in the road? Because yeah. sometimes you don't know, sure. is it time to pull the trigger to make this move? Am I making it too early? Am I making it too late? Well, and I can tell you in a nutshell, I'm a poor chooser. I, I am impetuous. I am 
uh, impatient many times. I've gotten way better at that as I've gotten older and experienced more things. But I tend to go with the emotional decision over sometimes the logical decision. That's why the key for me in making big decisions is finding the advice of other people. I want counsel. I'm not saying that I can't come to the decision by myself, but I've learned a long time ago that I want to get as many voices that are educated on a situation involved in it. And how many guys do you know who are like, I'm not asking anybody. I'm not asking directions. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to do any of that. I'll, I'll dumbest thing in the world. I pull myself up by my bootstraps. Dumbest thing in the world. It's dumb. Nobody's ever done that. You know, even Obama said you didn't build that yourself. Yeah. Well, (laughs) you know, you said something very key that I think is the most important part about this act. Yeah. Is when it comes to these fork in the roads of these decisions. The worst thing you can ever do is make an emotional decision. Right. The number one thing is, like I've talked about in the past with your brain, yeah. that your prefrontal cortex is, is your learning brain, and mm-hmm. it's the smallest part of your brain. And anytime you are angry, mad, or really sad, or anything like that, your prefrontal cortex shuts down, so you can't learn and really think. Mm-hmm. Are you so, saying prefrontal? What did I say? I don't know. Prefrontal. Prefrontal. Yeah, I just love. I know. I always do. I always do that. Prefrontal from now on. My dad gum redneckness. You just you can't help it. (laughs) But you knew what I meant, though. You're making an absolute right point. But the thing is, is that your learning part of your brain shuts down. So I would say number one is when it comes to you feel like you're in that tough decision. If you feel like your emotions in any which way, Mm -hmm. shape, or form are emotional. Don't do not make a decision. Exactly. Right. Step away. Go run. Go walk. You have to wait until you have no emotion involved. Yeah. When people come to me with a question or something, they'll come to me with they're going to tell me all these things and something I got to go handle. One thing I always say: I go wait, wait, just stop. Take all the emotion out of this. Yeah. Give me the facts and the logic because you got to get the emotion out of it. I right. Think. Well, and I know the first emotional for any patriot looking at Kim Jong-un and his crazy actions. I mean, you want to say, let's light him up. Yeah. But that's not necessarily the right thing to do. Now, you, you it's a last resort. You don't want to do that. I know that, first of all, you bring up the prefrontal cortex. It's not even fully pre-fortal. developed. Pre-fortal. <laughs> it's not even <laughs> hashtag prefrontal if you want to mark this yeah, yeah. Uh, episode. Bam. Um, this, I make uh, up new words every day. This, it's not even fully developed in your brain until you're about 25 years old. And so that's why young people tend to make impetuous decisions. That's why they tend to uh, react with certain things that aren't always the best things to make them react to. Like maybe, maybe just be honest, maybe you're sexually aroused. Yeah. And they make, people make bad decisions when they get sexually aroused. Anytime your emotions are really aroused. Because they say that your, your IQ can actually drop by like 35, 37% when you're sexually aroused. Because it's shut down. With men, because you're like, Poof, and so now I'm making a bad decision. How many times does that happen? So you got to watch that. Uh, and, and you get emotional. I know that I get emails every day from people that I'm working with or doing a, a gig with or they've hired me to come do this thing and they'll give me some really dumb questions yeah. and I read them they meet they're well-meaning they're well-intentioned and all of these things and my first thing to do I want to type back and say look here stupid <laughs> yeah. and, and I, you know and, and I want to type this stuff back and sometimes I, if you can ever hear your finger hitting the pad of your phone tick, 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 you're typing so hard you're doing that emotionally and so when I do that or a keyboard I'm like I'm gonna back up and do not so I did that today I sent an email out somebody responded back and I thought I am so relieved I did not send what I first typed well, to this person. I, I, I do two things. I, the emotion has to be out of it. The next thing that I always do when it gets to the question has to do, I put down a list and I go, okay, the decision that has to be made here, if I don't make the decision, what's the worst things that can happen? Right. Yeah. And what is the best things that can happen if I don't? 
If I make this decision, what are the best things that can happen and what are the worst things? And I look at that and I go, what am I willing to live with? So if I don't, is this worst case scenario outweigh the upside? So I go, is the risk worth the reward, right? So if, and you can clearly always tell it too, that you go, maybe the downside is really bad here, but the upside is so great that you're willing to risk it. But if the downside's really low and there's not much reward, then that clearly tells you that's not worth it. Yeah. And so I always weigh that out after I've got the emotion removed. I want to look at it and go, is the risk versus the reward? If I don't and if I do, what is the worst case and best case scenario and yeah. what do I really want to make that, that, that decision on? But it goes right. back to taking the emotion out of it is, is number one, asking people uh, for some sound advice after you have the emotion out of it. Yeah. Write down and look at it. Can I live with the worst case scenario or is the reward worth what yeah. I'm risking doing or not doing here? I, I had a situation yesterday where I we actually hired a contractor to help us do something in connection with one of my shows. I actually sent back a pretty forceful email yesterday and she quit. And I was relieved that she quit. It, nothing against her. She's perfectly fine. But the way she was going about it, she was not listening to what I felt was a very strong opinion on mine on, on, on what she was hired to do. And uh, she said, I don't think this is a good fit, and I'm going to step away. And I said, you know what? I think that's the perfect idea. And talking about that emotion, what you just talked about, yeah. one thing, too, is get the emotion out of it, number one. But then whatever you put in writing, mm-hmm. you have to be prepared to know that that can be broadcasted to the world. Whatever you yeah. put in writing, are you okay with your mama, your daddy, your grandma, <laughs> your aunt, your uncles, and everybody seeing it, okay? Everybody, Everybody, everywhere, no matter what you do, if you put it in writing, Jesus, it's always <laughs> there. And putting things in writing can always be taken out of context. Preacher. So think about yeah. anything you're making a decision on. It's ten times better to be doing it in person or over the phone versus in writing, so it's mm-hmm. not taken out of context. All right. Speaking of that, emotional I'm, baby. That's mm-hmm. why I wish that I could take back some text messages. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this first one was fun. Yeah. I love it. Good topic, Zach. All right, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back with the second segment of Second Shot. We're having a good time in here. Check us out. SecondShotCast at gmail.com. He likes cowboy hats and boots. And he's a suit and tie kind of guy. Chad Prather and Heath Oaks host more of Second Shot coming up on RNCN. Hey everybody, it's Chad here, and if you know anything about me, you know that I read a lot of books, at least three to four a week, and there's one that I've read several times. It's by my buddy, Heath Oaks. It's called Ignorance on Fire, Failing Your Way to Success. If you want to have your life changed in your business, in your relationships, in the way you look at the world of success, you need to pick up Ignorance on Fire. Go to Amazon.com, buy the book, leave a review. I promise you, you're going to love it. Go get it today. Ignorance on Fire by Heath Oaks, Failing Your Way to Success. Ready, aim, fire. Second Shot is back for another round on the Real News Communications Network. On a scale of 1 to 10, Heath, how tired are you right now? I'm pretty much these days, like at 10 being really tired and one not. I mean, pretty much these days I live on that (laughs) 8-9, you know? That's where we're living at these days. New baby. Because even, even, you know, my wife gets up throughout the night with her most time because she's She's breastfeeding stuff, so she has to be the one feeder for yeah. the most part, right? But there's but the crying and stuff, you're still awake and, yeah. and you're not even deep sleeping because you're worrying about I'm worrying about my wife having to be up and not having and me getting to lay in the bed, you know, like 
and it's all uh, it's a totally different world these are days. You, are you how how is your educational process going as as your wife goes through all of these maternal changes? I mean, all of a sudden you're discovering things about women that you're like, oh my god. I mean, I read the textbook, but this is weird. My wife is such a discreet person in right. general that it that she doesn't have it all out there at any point really. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She, she's good about that. Sure. I want to know that. So I saw yesterday you guys had a new stroller that was brought in. Does yes. that thing like drive itself? Dude, this thing is like massive. This Bob yeah. stroller is like supposed to be the most intense. Bob stroller? For running and active stuff. And obviously yeah. Jenny being as active as she is. I knew is. there had to be some something about <sighs> it. This thing or is you in, wouldn't have bought it. Yeah, this thing is intense. I got to look at this bad boy. It's, it's I haven't bad. seen this. You can, do, you can go through Idaho terrain with this sucker. I yeah. mean, it's it's got like a four-point harness in it. Oh, That's wow. awesome. It's crazy. When, you're, when you have Warren Buffett money, you can do things like that. Speaking of Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett, what a segue. Yeah, uh, Warren Buffett <laughs> uses this simple psychological trick to be persuasive, and so can you. What a clickbait title. Why would mm-hmm. we want to listen to Warren Buffett? What's I mean, he done with his life? Geez. Who's that guy? He's never lost me money, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> so what's that tip? What what is what has he got in there? What does he say? Well, the secret, I think, for Warren Buffett is in the first in the first couple minutes of any meeting he's having, uh, what he'll do is he'll say a mistake that his company's made. He'll come out with a flaw. Mm-hmm. He'll start on, on, on a ground level, I think. He'll say, well, here's here's something we did wrong in the past year. And it disarms people. It kind of takes them off because they're thinking, okay, this is Warren Buffett I'm sitting in front of. And he, he comes right out and says, no, here's here's a problem. Let's continue. And, and it's, it's, it's a matter of persuasion, I think. It, it's a study in the art and kind of science of persuading people. And I don't know if that's something we've ever really talked about on this show. How do you persuade somebody? What's the secret? Well, first of all, I applaud him for doing that. I like it whenever people admit their flaws and their mistakes. It humanizes them. I really am not interested in hearing somebody that's never failed. And sometimes you'll listen to people and you would think that their life is just absolutely perfect. I don't respect that. I I call it the Tom Cruise syndrome. You know, Tom Cruise never died in a movie until the movie Collateral with Jamie Foxx. Really? Because Tom Cruise, that was one of his contract deals. He always had to come out on top. At the end of the movie. Wow. Oh, I did not realize that. Yeah, so pretty much all Tom Cruise movies. That just adds on to me not liking him. Exactly. (laughs) So he never died in a movie until Collateral, which was only like, I don't know, three years ago, four or five years. I don't know, something like that. He made a lot of movies before he made Collateral. I'll just make that point. And so I, I don't. I look at that and I'm like, come on, dude. You don't. You're not always on top. Sometimes we need to talk about your landmine failures. Well, obviously, I'm somebody who doesn't shy away from that because I wrote a book called "Failing Your Way to Success." <laughs> yeah. So I'm read. obviously not somebody that mm-hmm. um, believes in thinking I know it all. I will tell you, I agree with that. I, I think that you think about the people you interact with on daily basis. The people that you're going to trust more is not going to be that arrogant person who says, "Look at me, I'm perfect. Mm-hmm. Follow me." I'm going to do everything right. I'm going to lead us to the promised land. The person you're going to trust is a person who says, look, I have many flaws. I'm not perfect, but I'm going to do my best by you and right. others, and I'm going to work hard. When we make mistakes, we're going to try to overcome them. Who do you want to follow? Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, so I think that it's one of those things that you would – Warren Buffett, if, if anybody in the world going into a board meeting – does not have to admit a flaw would right. be Warren Buffett, right? I mean, yeah. he could still walk in there and do whatever and say of whatever course. he wants, but he also knows it's not a tactic that he tricks people by saying, I'm, I'm going to admit these flaws. That is a habit he's creating in his life to look for flaws so that he never gets arrogant about himself. He, he continually looks where he's failing at, you know, so I don't want people to think that he's got this trick that, oh, I need a trick that I can go tell people my flaw. No, no, it, 
what it does is it becomes a habit that you create so that when times come up, you're you're looking at what can I do better? What did I do wrong? The the point of the, the thing that I like is first of all, the man is worth roughly seventy six billion dollars. <laughs> <With a B. laughs> Now, That's the stupid. fact now you could say whatever you want about say the politics or the, the the you know the social causes or anything of guys like Warren Buffett or Mark Zuckerberg or Bill Gates. It, it doesn't matter. The fact that these guys are willing to come out in public and 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 help you say things that they believe will help you and by exposing even their flaws, you know, like Warren Buffett does. Let me tell you, if I was worth $77 billion, you probably would not even see me in public. <laughs> no lie. I mean, I, would, I don't care. <laughs> I, I do. I like to believe that I do. But who knows? You don't know either until you're worth a billion. So, I, you know, but the fact that he does it, I love that about a guy like Warren Buffett. Well, you know what I love about the, the persuasion topic is that, you know, I love more than anything when people say, well, I'm not a salesperson. I don't want to be... You are a sales. Everybody sells in every day. You sell your kids to go to sleep on time. You sell. You're yeah. always selling. And persuasion is something that everybody should be a trait you should want to learn. Yeah. And I will tell you that, in my opinion, the number one thing with persuasion is going to be you got to believe yeah. whatever it is you want to persuade people. If you are trying to be, um, you know the bigger words than me, and I'm losing my train of thought on that aspect of it, is that uh, when you're not being genuine, when mm-hmm. you're when you're trying to sell or persuade somebody on something that is not the genuine truth, yes, it will never work. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. and that, you have to be genuine in your belief. Yeah. And two, I believe in his topic, which is admitting faults yeah. where you're not good at and where it all. It, go ahead and bring that up so they can't come at you with anything. Go ahead yeah. and tell all your flaws. Be open with it all. And I'm going to tell you something. You have a trust in people much more when they're willing to admit their flaws than they think that they're just yeah. perfect. And you're going to follow that person much easier. You know, I have people who say that to me. I'm not a salesperson. I'm not a salesperson. I can't sell anything. I can't. And what I say to them is, you know what? You just sold me. You just sold me on the idea that you're not a yeah, salesperson. Exactly. So why don't you take that emotion that what you just did in not believing in yourself and flip it around and use that same persuasion to make me believe that I need something else. You know what I'm saying? And, and so everybody is a salesperson. And the reason they think they're not is because they think of the dirty salesperson that's tricking right. people, not right. what real a right. real salesperson. Like, like, I can sell the opportunity to come to Colonial Life because I believe it wholeheartedly. Yeah. I wouldn't have my mother in this company if I, didn't, <laughs> if I did not believe in it, right? Yeah. I can tell anybody I'm close to about the opportunity and believe wholeheartedly that it can change mm-hmm. your life. And I believe that Colonial Life pays our claims yeah. on the insurance we sell. So I believe it. I can sell it. you got to believe it. Yeah. you got to be genuine about whatever it is you want to persuade people with. And you have to understand that being somebody that admits all the flaws is what is going to help people let their guard right. down to believe and trust in you. Exactly. That's exactly right. And I appreciate that about people. It's always been one of my things. I always listen for the flaws. In fact, I have this little motto in life, and I, it was not original to me, and somebody that I follow and listen to said it, uh, never have uh, living heroes. Always wait till they're dead because you never know when they're just going to really wreck the Yep. Wreck the truck. You know what I'm saying? And how many so, have we seen that have been at the end of yeah, it that, that turned I mean, from legends yeah, I could to call nothing. some names and people might get a little antsy on that. But, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to do it. Um, but but pers- always have don't have living heroes. And so, so my thing is, if, if you are alive and you are wanting to persuade people, you've got to be willing to be seen as fragile. you got to tell frail. the truth. You've got to tell the truth. You know, the Bible says that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. I love that. I, I like to say we got the glory in cracked pots. <laughs> and the cracks are there because it lets the glory shine through. That's the beauty of it. You've got to let your cracks be seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. you got to show your crack. And- but, you know. 
know, that's that's the deal because it lets what's inside of you come out. And I like how he says, I do it immediately. Right when I start the meeting, I, I immediately do it. Right and and I'll tell you this. Think about if you're selling a vacuum cleaner to somebody and you go, let me just tell you first <laughs> off, here's what this thing is not very good at. Yeah, exactly. And you tell them that. Don't you think you trust that person much more when they start telling you the positive because yeah. they're willing to admit where it's not going to be the positive? Like, yeah. if I ask somebody when they're trying to pitch me on something, I go, well, what's the downside here? What's the things that can go wrong? What are you not good at that your competitors are? Right. If they go, we're better at everything, I don't trust them immediately. Yeah. If they don't, if there's always something that your competitors are better at than you. Yeah. If you can't admit that, then you're so washed by, you're, you're so drinking that Kool-Aid that you can't even see through the forest. <laughs> Boy, we got so much we could say on this topic, and we're going to stop right here because we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back to the third segment. It's our uh, final one. Hang out with us just one more minute, and we'll talk to you in a second on Second Shot. Now that's what I call ignorance on fire. More of Second Shot with Chad and Heath still to come. To all of my friends in the great state of Texas, if you would like to cut your power bill in half tomorrow, go to energyogre.com, put in the promo code WATCHCHAD. I will tell you that I have saved over 65% on my first year using energyogre.com. They do all the work for you, and they save you money at the same time so you never have to worry about it again. Again, go to energyogre.com, promo code WATCHCHAD, and save some money. Kick off your boots or suit up. The choice is yours. Welcome back to Second Shot with Chad and Heath on RNCN. Hey, I'll tell you what. You mentioned a vacuum cleaner salesman. Did you hear about the guy who went in and he was going to sell the vacuum cleaner uh, to this uh, housewife, and he just brought in this big old bag of trash and just dumped it on her floor and said, I guarantee you that I can vacuum this up or I'll eat it. And she said, well, let me get you some ketchup. He said, why? <laughs> she said, because our power's out. Oh, that's a good <laughs> So much for that sales tactic and persuasion. You can talk. You talk about uh, all the red wine you just got done drinking here recently. That was so yeah. good, and you were in Italy, so you had some good wine. Really good. I like. I like red wine. Mm-hmm. I, I. I don't know if I'm. You're probably like the Merlot. If you say the bold, Love. like you see, I'm, I'm more of the Pinot Noir like uh, type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother, he he loves the Merlot. What we did back in our in our redneck days. I didn't realize what wine really was because right. we drank box wine. Right. You know, it was like who had the biggest box. Sure. We, we call it the slap bag, and we just take the bag <laughs> and put it in the cooler. Slap And we bag. take the bag out and just open up the deal, and everybody chug wine and slap the bag as they go by. <laughs> what a turn. What, what a term. I'm going to steal that, the slap bag. That's called redneck you, baby. That's yeah. how you make that, that you just pass the bag of wine around. Boone's Farm. Hey, Boone's, Boone's Farm, Farm, why don't you sponsor a podcast? <laughs> We actually yeah, got, we, do, we, we do a Boone's Farm plug. Yeah, I could get in that. Nice. <laughs> Boone's nice. Farm. Man, um, so many bad things happen on Boone's Farm, it seems like. So we got this little thing Dude, called an close. email address, folks, the thing that has haunted the uh, Democratic National Committee for months now. Uh, <laughs> and so it's second shot uh, second, second shot, shot mail. Second oh my shot God. cast. Second shot cast at gmail.com. I, I was wanting to laugh at my own joke. I was thinking about the potential kickbacks on that. But uh, second shot cast at gmail.com. Send us some emails. Let's hear from you. But uh, what do we got today? So, well, we got one that it's kind of really more to me, but we'll read it. I think it's really cool. I'm going to give you a shout out. Is Kendra Flood mm-hmm. said, Heath Oaks, um, she sent a posting on Indeed um, with Colonial Life um, out where she lives, which is the company that I work for. And said, Is this position with your company? I'd love to have a boss like you. I've applied and want to make sure it's you and Colonial Life. Love the show and all you and Chad do, Kendra Flood. Well, Kendra, yes, this is me. This is in my area. It's one of my leadership teams that are oversee it. 
you are getting an email right now from my recruiter nice. to talk to you personally uh, about coming on board with us because I uh, respect and appreciate the um, you sending this to put that plug in with it because I, oh. I respect people who go out of the limb and go the little extra mile. Go get her. I like a go getter. So Kendra, I'm, I'm looking forward to you coming on our team and, and as for everybody else's stuff, if you look it up and send it to us and you're looking for things, we've got areas and positions open all over the place. But Kendra, you're going to come on and join our Colonial Life team, and, and we'll be looking for you soon. You'll be getting email from our I'd recruiter do it. ASAP. I'd do it. If I'd, you, I'd, I'd, work, I'd work for you. If you listen Steve. closely. I'd you work can, for you. Seriously, I would. I, I, would, would, I would do that. You can just hear the sound, if you listen closely, of our inbox getting crushed by Heath Oak job request. <laughs> hey, come on. I, if, you're, if, you're, if you're great, I want you. I, I want great people. If you're a loser, don't, don't, don't email us. <laughs> our, 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 our box fills up faster than Hillary can delete them. I tell oh, dang. Man, Chad is on fire today. Fire today. Wow. wow. By the way, go visit my new website, politicalcowboy.com, and enjoy. Is that yeah, a real you, thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I hadn't yeah, seen that. We blog. launched this week. We were going to launch July 4th. We actually launched this week. We're still working out, out a couple of little bugs, but yep, we're there. You're you're an incredible writer, by the way. Well, thank you. You really are. Like, goes like, without saying. Yeah. Oh, really, you, you really are. Obviously, you can talk it, too. You, like, when you talk, I love how people think you have a big script written out with it and that's just you but you, yeah. you are an incredible writer no i writing is it's a time-consuming thing but it's uh, i thoroughly enjoy writing when i got the time to do it I this is for, to, politicalcowboy.com have, is forcing me to do it though i always have to have people check over mine because i obviously can't spell read and write half the time and i make up words so sometimes i need like our prefrontal cortex that i said you know yeah i need i need my chat around me uh we got another email it's a title change genie spencer I love your podcast, and I'm sharing it with everyone. You guys are awesome. I'm listening to last week's podcast. Heath is talking about change being inevitable. I have a quote I heard several years ago hanging on my fridge that is, change is inevitable, struggle is optional. I don't even remember where or when I heard this quote, but I've tried to remind myself and others over time because change is not my favorite part of life. Thank you guys for keeping it real and the straight talk to share your success strategies but also the encouraging positivity toward life and happenings that come to us all. Sorry I'm rambling. Probably should have waited until the migraine was gone, but you guys <laughs> are awesome. Jenny Spencer in Peggs, Oklahoma. Um, thank you, Jenny, and I, I, I appreciate you taking the time to send us this e- email. And one thing I want to clear up on that quote you got so people don't take that the wrong way, which is change is inevitable, but struggle is optional. Mm-hmm. What you, do you know what she means by that, what that struggle is optional means. You know, I'm a, I'm a little I'm a little perplexed. So why don't you go ahead and explain it to me? Number one, struggle is an absolute necessary to success. Mm-hmm. What this is meaning basically is it's your choice to see it as a struggle or not. Hmm. So the struggles will happen, but it's what's your mindset, what's your attitude? Is that a struggle yeah. or is that a or is that that next roadblock to your success? So I want to make it clear: it's not saying that some people go through struggles and some don't. No, everybody goes through struggle. Some people choose to see it as a struggle and yep. want to, what I say, waller in it. Waller in uh, it. Waller. Or some people choose to see struggle as a necessity to success. And so it's not that it's really optional, it's going to happen, but it is in your mind how you handle it. Yeah. Right. Would you yeah. agree, Chad? I would. In my thing, I've said it before, you'll hear me say it again, living things grow, growing things change, and changing things challenge us. Uh, it's how do you approach the challenge because they are going to change is going to challenge you. Babies, you know, need to be changed constantly, and they yes. don't always enjoy yes. the process. Yes. But, you know, uh, <laughs> some better than others. But, you know, thank God for change, man. It, 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 you know, 
I would be bored to tears. Yeah, couldn't do it, man. If couldn't change the, was not a part of the equation at all. No, I I like it all the time. I, I like uh, I like for things to grow. I like th- for things. To, I like to see a new aspect of them. And, and I'll tell you, I can go back over the last few years of my life and look at it. And so thank God for change. And I, I don't want to stay right where I am either. Right now, as, as wonderful as a lot of things are in my life, I still want a, a lot of things to change. Yep. And there's a lot of changes coming that I, I thinking I'm thinking well, why I don't want that to change, like, but it ha- needs to. Do you ever have those people that you grew up with? Or that you knew a long time ago that how many times, like, if you were with your wife or anything, they'll, they'll try to throw in something of, well, you just changed. You're, you're not who you were. This person yeah. has changed you. I go, you know what? You're right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. And the sad thing is, is that you see it that way. And that's why you're stuck where you are. And you're not, because you know what? 100%. My wife has changed me for 10 times the better man than I was. My yeah. life has changed since who I was back then. Yeah. Thankfully, that has happened. It's not that I don't forget my roots where I'm from, and, and, and my where I'm from made me who I am with my grounded mm-hmm. foundations that I have. But if you don't change, you're dying. You're going Stagnant. backwards. You're a swamp. You know, anything that doesn't flow becomes a swamp. Yes. A river that doesn't flow, if it gets stagnant, if it stops, guess what? It becomes a swamp. It's, it's going to attract pests, vermin, mosquitoes, malaria, dysentery. All I, I don't even know if dysentery grows in the swamp. But it's going <laughs> to be, you know, a lot of stuff's going to be there that's not good. It's going to stink and all that. You don't want to become a swamp. And that's what people tend to be and i will give you this one point something that you know a swamp it, it can be a mile wide and an inch deep yeah, you know and, yeah. and that's that's a lot of people do that they spread themselves so thin mm-hmm. that they they have no substance to them i have to be careful with that i about uh, say you get you get yeah. you get in that well you're in that grind time though yeah. so so it goes back to that whole balancing i said i don't think balance is something that you look at a balance in your life is what how am i balancing my week or my month I think balance is more of a lifetime because I think, you know, for instance, where you are in your career right now, you're in that part of grind time. You're doing all of these shows. You're spread all over the place, but you got to, right? This is the time to be out there taking advantage of where you're at, getting your name out there. And the day will come where, like, for instance, Jeff Foxworthy, he did all that at one time, too. Now Jeff Foxworthy picks and chooses his one or two shows that makes up, makes the kind of money he used to make in six months doing 10 gigs a week, right? Mm -hmm. That's what you're striving for. So right now the balance is off, but it's because you want a long-term balance, not today balance, right? Exactly. So hang in there. I mean, the change and the challenge is going to come. Hang in there, and um, I'll tell you, you're going to like the result that comes from it. Guaranteed, because I believe I believe that we're naturally um, predicated to change. I we grow, we grow. And we're made for it. It was just if we if we decide to yeah. to unlock the ability to handle change. Or not. Yeah, it, unfortunately, we resist it. Um, I mean, nobody likes pack it up and move into another house. I mean, no. that's a stressful process. Yep. But you you need to grow. You need to get into a bigger space. Those kind of things. So. Uh, yeah. So, I'm, Kendra, Kendra Flood, I'm looking Kendra's forward to you coming on the Colonial Life team. I mean, look what happens when you listen to Second Shot. You get jobs. That's great. <laughs> I mean, we are job creators. We are. You are, anyway. And, Jeannie, yeah. Spencer, thank you. I love the quote. Thanks for sharing it. Thank you for taking the time. And, you know, send us some emails. Send us, us your know. infos. Let us know what you got, you know. Um, we're, we're having a blast doing this. And we and, and, and it, not only it, it fires us up personally to – Try and help give back, and I hope we're doing something to bring you a value. I mean, that's yeah. the whole goal here is to bring value because it's not the easiest thing in the world to get Chad and myself together. Yeah. And but it's emails like this that keep us going because we know. 
people are going, this is helping me, and, and that's what yeah. it's all about. And so, you know, you can look me up at Heath Oaks. <laughs> you can look me up at Ignorance on Fire. Send us an email, secondshotcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and Jeannie, we hope the migraines get better. Uh, I see that you're in Oklahoma, and it, that gives me a headache, too. Uh, but no, <laughs> I, I'm kidding. Had two great shows last week in you Oklahoma. You love Oklahoma. Harold you were telling me the other well, day. It's phenomenal. awesome. They were great to you. Phenomenal. And, uh, yeah, find me at watchchad.com, also politicalcowboy.com. Go in there and have a little fun with it. And follow us on all the social medias. Leave us a review. Go to iTunes, Send leave us a, us a review. Share it with your friends, people, please. Five star it. Okay, we love y'all. God bless. Uh, Heath, always a pleasure. Check us out next time on another episode of Second Shot.